we've gotten to the parable of the lost sheep, a very famous parable. Yeah. Had you had more time on uh, Sunday, what's something maybe we would have teased out a little further? Yeah. So as many of you probably know, the parable of the lost sheep is um, Jesus tells a story about a, a shepherd who has a flock of 100 sheep. And one of them strays away, and so he leaves the 99 um, that are not lost and goes and seeks out and finds the lost sheep to bring him back into the fold. And, um, you know, I, I went kind of went with a, a two-point sermon here. And first of all, I, I focused on um, the heart of God toward um, a lost sheep, um, and uh, obviously that's one of um, very great concern and, and care enough so that he um, takes the initiative to go out and, and seek and find that sheep. And, uh, and then with regard to application, um, my second point was that, that God wants us as believers and followers of Jesus to have the same kind of heart toward, toward those who are lost and um, have the same attitude and the same same desire to to bring that sheep into or back into the fold. One of those uh, instances of the lost sheep might be uh, someone who was part of your church or congregation, in a sense, walked away from the faith or or uh, from participation in the church at least. And we talked about in the sermon church membership. Um, being a way back, being a, a way of you know locating to, to stick with the lost sheep kind of analogy. How how does church membership function as a tool to reunite a, a church with its lost sheep? Yeah. So this is uh, this is something that we deal with on a regular basis in the church. Um, it's this way with our church, and and I would guess that it's this way with most churches. That the, uh, you know, the the majority, the majority of members of our church are um, very much involved in worship and in Bible studies, small groups, and in in serving together. But there are always um, in any given church those people who are on the fringes, um, who aren't as regular, who are you know downright spotty. And, uh, and some who just like to kind of keep their names on the rolls of a church as, as a connection point. Somebody in our congregation a number of years ago um, gave me the illustration that I used in the sermon, that, that illustration of, you know, church membership maybe is the only thread that is um, keeping that person or that family connected to the church, and I, I, I took that to heart, and I think that that has uh, that has a lot of bearing on um, what our attitudes should be. And um, on the one hand, on the softer hand, it should uh, it should cause us to always try to err on the side of grace when it comes to maintaining that connection. On the other hand, and this is the harder hand and the more difficult hand, um, what should we do and how far should we go to, uh, to hold church members that are not active 
accountable for their behavior and in that way uh, correct, rebuke, confront them with the hopes that they will that they will return. And that's that's always the balance to strike. What is that makes a lot of sense because membership leaves people in in communication loops. It, it's a reminder because you see a name on a list. Oh yeah, I should I should contact so and so. Uh, it leaves them in elder deacon districts, and so they do get regular contacts, whether they pick up the phone and respond to the email or not. Um, so, so it makes sense that there's this connection there, and there is this this reality of the finality of the breakup when that eventually is lapsed or removed. Um, but we believe that that discipline is a function of a true church. Uh, and we even mentioned that in the sermon. You talked about when when discipline has to be enacted. Uh, so how how do you walk that fine line of um, allowing for some seasons of of waywardness with grace, um, but also recognizing that um, discipline is uh, too is an effective way of 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 calling someone back, right? And then to say. The goal of discipline is always uh, reunion, yep. uh, redemption uh, of the loss with God, uh, of the loss with the church. Um, but th- they're two different tools, and, and how do you know which which tool to pick up? I guess. And in, in what I'll I'll, I'll turn I that think, over to you. Well, I th- I think that I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think it's one or the other. I think it's it's more both and. And I, I think the thing that needs to be focused on with regard to you and I as pastors and uh, church leadership, perhaps more particularly with regard to the elders, that um, communication needs to be maintained. And if communication is maintained, I feel that that thread can remain intact. Mm. Um, you know, and just... Just regular communication, I think, can push, can can serve to push or pull someone in a disciplinary way. Yeah. So at some point, I mean, if somebody has no interest in being part of the church, you know, it, it's not going to take too many communication points directed for them to just say, you know what, I'm, I really, I, I don't consider myself part of this anymore and then you know we have to to let them go and i suppose treat them as an unbeliever sensitively mm-hmm. as they as a lost sheep in in that right um but you know communication also and i would hope more often than not for a church member would serve to uh, you know draw them back in and and reconnect them with the the body of christ which you know, getting down to it, that is what we commit to when we become members of a church, and that's what should be expected of a church, that there is a, a regular um, a regular involvement. Yeah. And that can look different ways, and that might look different ways for somebody who, for instance, is serving in the military and is stationed somewhere, but for a temporary period of time, even if it's a number of years, same thing for people in school. Um, But then there are other situations where, you know, because of 
things like family connections or uh, historical connectedness to a church we turn a blind eye to and maybe don't do our jobs the way that we should with regard to drawing a lost sheep back into the fold. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking and and trying to talk a lot about more recently is proactive communication. Hmm. As culture changes and, and people's relationship with the church is very different now than it was 30 years ago, maybe even less than that, um, where the church really was a centering place, maybe even not for worship or religion, but just this is where I meet people and know pe- and make yeah. connections and see people. It's core right? of the community. We, we, don't, we don't need that so much anymore. I've got Facebook. I've got... Um, all these other scenes, right, where I where yeah. can meet people and, and have a center. So uh, learning or or re-engaging as pastors and elders and deacons especially, but, but the whole congregation in proactive communication. So I'm saying, well, you miss somebody for two weeks and they get a call, uh, is way healthier because that call is... Hey, John Smith. We don't have anyone in a church named John Smith, so that's a made-up name. Safe. Uh, hey, John Smith. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Where where you been? Were you on vacation? Is uh, everything okay? Is everything okay? Right. Yeah. That's a that's a either perhaps a fellowship call. Were you on vacation? Cool. Where'd you go? Or is everything okay? No, actually, uh, we're trying other churches because this issue. Or, or right. So that's a care conversation. Or or. Or fellowship, but some type of discipleship just happened, mm-hmm. where uh, the conversations we've been having is, um, "Hey, John Smith, you haven't been to church in five years, and we're wondering if it would be okay if we removed you from the membership." And that's not the <coughs> way we phrase it, but that—that's an administrative conversation, sure, right? There's no discipleship, really, no, unless you—I mean—you start with some small talk and say, "Well, we hope that you find another church." Uh, Sure, but let's be proactive, and and in being proactive, discipleship actually happens more than just administration. Hey, we haven't seen you in a long time, so we should probably remove you from the roles. Everybody cool with that, right? That yeah. that's not discipleship. So so how to how to be proactive so that discipleship happens? Yeah, and that's where uh, that's where a church our size gets into a little bit of difficulty because for a small church, we have a pretty big church and, you know, we have an elder, an elder shepherded flock. And, uh, so that puts a a great deal of, um, responsibility on the elders to be tracking, to be knowing their districts well enough so that they know if somebody has missed two weeks in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than, oh man, I can't even remember the last time I saw them. And, you know, that's that's where, you know, small groups and, and just kind of the natural involvement that most people are a part of serves to function in that way too. But again, it's it's the periphery people that get lost in the in the shuffle a little bit. And so maybe it's a matter of um being more focused, more laser focused on those members in each district that um, are a bit more spotty and uh, making a, a, a greater effort toward them. Yeah. 
and this is not a cop-out, but just a nice bow to tie on it. Uh, ultimately, the sheep know the shepherd's voice, mm-hmm. and so we do our best, um, and we fail a whole bunch, and so do our elders and, and our people. Uh, ultimately, Jesus came to lose none of the flock, yeah. right? So It will not be snatched from his hand, so thanks be to God for that grace.